Hello, world. You are watching Angular Air. This is uh, the episode 34, I believe. Um, of course, we're index zero, so this is the 35th episode, technically, of our um, Angular Air. And this is the Angular Connect Primer episode. So we're going to be talking with some of the organizers from Angular Connect. Um, and so I'll go ahead and introduce everybody. Uh, first, we have uh, Pete Bacon-Darwin. Say hi, Pete. Hi. I'm amazed that this is my first time on Angular Air. I'm very excited. Yeah. How did this like take so long to get you on? We'll have to have you on um, for um, Angular 1 as well. So actually, weren't you on our, our very first episode? I think you were, um, our Index Zero episode. Oh, yeah, that was the pilot one. OK. Yeah. Fair enough. It was a long time ago now. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Ruth Yarnett. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and then we have Olivier Combe. Hello. And Jeff Welpley. Hello. And Amy Knight should hopefully come on partway through the show, so we'll see. Um, before we get started, uh, we just got a couple quick announcements. Remember that you can, um, as you're watching the show live, you can ask questions with the hashtag ngairquestion. And um, yeah, you'll be all set to. Um, get your questions uh, answered, hopefully, uh, at the end of the show. And uh, then we just, uh, as kind of the general announcements, uh, our next show is next week. It will happen, uh, but it's not actually planned. I'm thinking that we'll have a couple people on who have experience in both React and Angular 2 who want to still use, or who plan on using Angular 2 when it comes out and find out why is it that they like hate React so much that they uh, use Angular 2. No, just kidding. Angular 2 is going to be awesome. So I'm sure there's fantastic reason. But I thought that would be a really interesting subject. So if you're interested in that, um, we'll have some people on next week, same time, same place. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Google Plus uh, to keep up with the latest, uh, like what's going on next week. And um, yeah. Uh, and also, as kind of a fun and exciting thing, Angular Air is going to be on-site at Angular Connect, similar to NGNL that we did uh, last, last year, or earlier this year. Um, and yeah, should be a fantastic event we're looking forward to. OK, so that's all the announcements. Let's get into our main stuff. So before we get into Angular Connect, um, it'd be great to get introduction to our guests. So um, Ruth, why don't we let you go first. Uh, can you tell us who you are, where you come from, and uh, your involvement in uh, Angular Connect? Sure. Um, I'm Ruth. I live in London. I'm from the UK. And I run an events company called White October Events. And we just specialize in putting on conferences for web developers. So we run a couple of conferences, including Angular Connect. And we also do a big front-end conference and a conference for technical leads. And then we do some training and workshops. And that's how I met Pete, because he was running some Angular workshops for us about 18 months ago. Um, and through Pete, I met Ed and Josh, who run the big London um, Angular meetup. And we kind of came together as a kind of, I don't know, a consortium of friends who wanted to organize Angular Connect. So that's how I'm involved. Great. Yeah, that's some Ruth's front end uh, conference is really cool. It's actually jQuery UK, it's the biggest jQuery conference in the UK. And it's, uh, that's where we met. Front end it. conference at the UK. Yeah. How many people are attending or had attended that conference? 
that was 750, um, so Angular oh. Connect is much bigger. And um, actually, we've just, uh, this is not me plugging my conferences, but we've just um, rebranded jQuery UK because it had become a kind of general front end conference and um, people were turning up really confused. <laughs> so now it's called RenderConf. So um, that's happening next April. But yeah, yeah, Angular Connect will now be the biggest um, developer conference we'll have done. So we're really excited. Now, actually, um, I'm selfishly interested in this because uh, I just submitted a proposal to RenderConf. Um, and is that where where is that located? That's going to be in Oxford, which is about an hour outside of London. So um, it's really pretty city. So it's definitely worth coming to. Cool, awesome. I actually didn't realize it was outside the United States. So. <laughs> that, that, be fun. that happened last year. I wound up in Sweden. <laughs> so, oh well, if you get if you get accepted, we'll pay for your flight, so it's fine. You yeah. can bring your baby. Cool. Um, and uh, Pete, can you give us an intro to yourself? Hi everyone. So my name is Pete Bacon Darwin. Not Bacon and Eggs Darwin, uh, even though Kent desperately wants to call me that. Um, uh, I. I'm a home husband, I look after my kids, and then in my spare time I play with computers. Um, the things that I've mostly been playing on with the playing with for the last three or four years is Angular. And uh, I've been very lucky to get involved with the Angular team for the last few years and uh, I seem to be running the Angular One branch at the moment. So uh, it's a pretty hectic lifestyle I've running. So they totally roped you in on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm actually really curious. Home husband, what? Uh, how much time do you spend? Um, like you say, it's on on the side. You do this um, Angular stuff. How much time do you spend working on the Angular stuff? And how much time are you home husband? Are you are you thinking of maybe making the switch, Kent? Um, well, I really love being a dad. <laughs> so yeah. so um, when the kids were really small before they went to school, I would literally do maybe a couple of hours a day. Um, but now they're, now they're at school, my daughter just started secondary school, so um, they're a lot more independent. And now I'm probably spending about, I don't know, 30 hours a week doing Angular and related uh, development stuff. So not a full-time job, but it's getting, it's getting close. Cool. Uh, a lot of it tends to be uh, this time of night and later because of all these... Americans who insist on being awake during their daytime. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> my my goal actually in, in timing this was that it wouldn't it wasn't too early for uh, Pacific time people, but it was after people got a chance to get home now in uh, in your area of the world. So hopefully it's worked out for most people. Um, so great. Nice. This is a really good time for me. Good. Good. Um, Cool. So let's let's go ahead and get started. Um, I think Olivia's got a couple of great questions. I'll I'll just pass it on to him. Yeah. The first question was uh, why London? Why did you, the Google team choose um, this wonderful city? But uh, this city in particular for the the European conference of Angra. Oh, there are lots of boring answers about being a kind of 
hub for transport and you know everyone can fly to us really easily from Europe and actually come by train and from the rest of the world but actually I wasn't born in London I didn't grow up here but I've been here for about 12 years and it is one of the most amazing cities in the world I'm really evangelical about it so it's a it's a really exciting city to be and come for a conference and if you can get your company to pay for you to come to London then have a few days and um, yeah that's that's why I wanted it to be in London and also because I live here so it's really easy for me. <laughs> yeah, actually I, I went to London um, earlier this week um, just for our pleasure and it really was nice so I'm yeah. excited to come back <laughs> this month. I think Pete can chip in but I think we've got one of the biggest um, Angular meetups in the world, haven't we? Have we? <laughs> I'm not sure what the numbers are right now, but at one point it was definitely like number three outside uh, with only like uh, maybe San Francisco and Mountain View bigger or something. But How many people changed. do you normally get like per meetup, like per actual uh, meeting? So for the, for the main London meetups, um, we're always limited by the capacity of the room. And the rooms that we've generally been using are around about 150 to 200 people. And they normally, we normally fill up, like uh, empty the meetup opportunities within an hour or so of uh, making them live, and then we have like this massive wait list. So it's it's really grown tremendously in the last year or two. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people in London using Angular, and uh, and I think there's a lot of people in Europe. Um, there's obviously lots of people in America, but sometimes it's nice to appreciate that. The people on the other side of the Atlantic are also really excited about Angular too and using it in their day-to-day -day lives. Excited about Angular also, or excited about Angular too? Uh, no, just kidding. I'm sure you're excited about both. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, take it away, Olivia. You've got a couple of great questions lined up here. <laughs> okay. So, um, who decided uh, who? will organize this event. I guess that it's because you run Angular in Europe, uh, in fact, since you're the lead on Angular 1. But um, yeah, maybe you, you have some intake on this. So basically, Josh decides everything. He, he's, the, he's the king of uh, Angular in, in Britain. Um, now I'm joking. I, th I think really it came down to the fact that we were just the, the most noisy and vociferous people in, in the UK. And um, I guess it helps that I had some links into the team. Um, the reason Ruth is involved is because she we when we met her with her, she just was the most uh, passionate and organized and creative person. And, uh, and I think she had a lot to do with um, convincing Google that we would be able to put on a decent event. And certainly, I don't think we would be able to without her. Um, so when it comes down to who organizes it, I think it just was the people who were there at the time. And, uh, and so far, it's, been, it's worked out to be pretty effective teams. Yeah, we didn't. We, we knew each other a little bit before we started, but we've now been kind of having hangouts every week and meeting up in person since January. And it's, it's been really lovely, actually. We didn't, particularly Ed and Josh, who run the London meetup, I didn't know at all before we started doing this. So it's been fantastic. So We're not quite as um, crazy and uh, inventive as the uh, ng-conf guys. Uh, we, you know, we like to have a little bit more, you know, British reserve when it comes to these things. So none of us are wearing hats. Um, 
But are they, uh, you are going to have Frosty as the uh, MC, right? If I saw that right. Yeah, yeah, he was keen. It's, I have to say, actually, Energy Conf has been have been absolutely wonderful supporters of us. They've they've helped us both in marketing and with ideas. They've been available, made themselves available so many times over the last year to um, give us advice on feedback that they've had from their own conferences. And uh, and both Joe and uh, um, Aaron have always been very keen to be directly involved. And uh, we're, I'm really pleased that Aaron's going to be talking, uh, emceeing. Um, and Joe has actually got a talk as well, so they're both coming over. And uh, I think they'll add a little bit of pizzazz to the uh, to the show. Because we're all a bit shy, so we're just really delighted that someone else wants to get up on stage. Nice, yeah, Aaron. Um, I don't I don't know if he's more of a ham than I am. I'm a, I'm a pretty big ham, but uh, he does like being in front of people, and, and he's good at it, um, and it's fun. Um, so I I had a question about. Uh, um, kind of the story of, of where the conference came from. So uh, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but uh, um, did the Angular team approach you and say, hey, we'd like a conference in, um, in that area? Or did, uh, uh, was it kind of the meetup organizers who thought, hey, like, this meetup is fun. Let's come up with a big event, a conference. And how, how, what's the origin story for Angular Connect? Well, I would say you, it's like uh, various rivers coming together. Um, I remember from the very beginning when Josh started his uh, his part of the uh, London meetup because Ed also started a meetup and we kind of merged the two together. But I was talking with Ed years ago about running a, a conference, even before ng-conf was announced, and um, we were kind of batting the ideas around, and we never really had the confidence to actually go for it. Uh, because at that time, Angular was just starting to take off. And then, of course, ng-conf went ballistic. Um, and at that point, Josh was like, we really must do this now. Um, but then uh, ng-europe came along, and uh, they put on the fantastic show. And Google have always said that they're only ever going to go to one uh, conference in Europe a year. So uh, we, were, we we sort of stepped back and, and just enjoyed this fantastic conference that they put on. Um, but then Ruth was talking to me separately uh, at the workshop saying, hey, this Angular thing sounds really cool. We should put on a conference. And, and I was saying, yeah, yeah, that, we'd really like to do that. And uh, it was when sort of Ed also got involved and we started talking about it. We thought, actually, you know, we've got the right people. That means we could, we could do something really special. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. It was a very organic thing. Um, it, the the way that these things work is definitely not top-down from Google. But obviously, you have to have buy-in from the team. Uh, if they're not going to come, then it's going to be a lot harder. And then all British stories actually sort of begin in the pub. So we had all these conversations. And then the four of us got together and had some beers. And then you know, the magic happened. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, good origin story. Um, so actually, with um, with regards to that, like from from the looks of it, you have a really amazing lineup. Um, aside from um, what I've heard from actually, ng-conf has sent uh, either emails or or twi uh, tweets or maybe both about how awesome your um, party is going to be, and maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Um, but also looking at the lineup of speakers, you have a lot of speakers who are. Um, you know, big names in, in the Angular community, which is, is really exciting. So how did you go about, um, you know, in, in the planning process um, and finding good speakers 
for uh, your conference? Um, it was a kind of two-part thing. I mean, three-part, really. Um, Google obviously have a huge team, and you could kind of fill a whole conference with just their speakers. But we also knew that there were a lot of other really, really good speakers around the world who we wanted to involve. Um, and because it's a London conference and because it's a European conference, we also make, wanted to make sure that we um, gave space to a lot of kind of local people and European people. So it was partly working with the Google team to see who they wanted to send over and it was partly kind of thinking about the people that Pete and Ed and Josh already knew and kind of proactively approaching some of those people and then we also did a call for papers and were kind of overwhelmed. <laughs> um, so yeah it was kind of partly curated, partly reaching out to some people and partly seeing what people thought would be um, interesting and then going through it. Do you want to add to that Pete? Yeah, we got a massive number of submissions, um, and they were really high quality. We we spent a whole evening, sort of, we, with uh, a desk just full of bits of paper with all of these things, all of these uh, submissions written on them, and we were trying to move them around and group them to, like, oh, they're talking about similar things, and so um, we could have chosen any. I mean, I can't even remember how many talks we've got, like forty-five or something. Um, we could have chosen any of the 45 from this group and it would have been a fantastic conference. Um, and so we were just trying to get a nice even balance. One of the things that we really felt was important was that it wasn't just um, a platform for presenting the new things coming out of the Angular team, but also an opportunity to see what real people are doing on their day-to-day -day lives with the with the tools. So we want to get we wanted to get you know use study like use cases, real life studies, um, like uh, right at the coal face kind of thing, as well. Um, and I and I really think that we've got a good balance of those of those different talks. Um, but yeah, it was whenever, so hard. Whenever we run other conferences and we ask people afterwards, what do you want to hear more of? They always just say war stories. We just want to hear people having a hard time doing something and solving it, just tell us about that. So we definitely want to... Well, at least to... just having a hard time. We want to hear about people <laughs> having a hard time. Yeah. Make, my, make the fact that I'm having a hard time feel better, yeah. Nice. Well, I, uh, it made me feel really good when I saw the caliber of talks that uh, you have lined up because I submitted a proposal. Mine was a little bit unique because I, I can't actually fly out to, to London because I just have a, a new baby. My wife wouldn't let me come, um, and so I was gonna—I was trying to do a remote talk, um, and I thought it would be super cool. But uh, once I saw the talks that got selected, it was obvious, and uh, you've got some really, really good things lined up. So that's—that makes it pretty exciting. And, and you, you know, know what, Ken, we, we, oh, go ahead, Pete. Sorry, I was gonna say, Ken, we really like that idea as well. But to be honest, you know, we're gonna have enough technological terror going on with actually live streaming two tracks to the whole world outbound, let alone trying to in-stream it as well as, you know, it just freaked us out so much. Um, but maybe you could, like, record something and we could play it in one of the rooms. That would be cool. Uh, I'll just make it an egghead lesson and people can watch it on their own time. <laughs> now, I did notice, Pete, that you put all of the good talks on track B. Uh, and I guess my only question is, you know, why even bother with the track A talks? Uh, you know, what about... Um, just deferring that and just letting track B uh, be the whole conference. 
Yeah, so what we did was we, we thought we'd put all of the really good people on track B, such as like the panelists on Angular Air, um, because uh, we thought that that would be the more technical of the uh, tracks with the more uh, you know, intelligent speakers. That was no, uh, honestly, <laughs> um, the, what we really wanted to do at Angular Connect was get um, as many people an opportunity to see as many things as possible. So what we went for is a venue that could just give us the two biggest rooms we could find. And there's not many uh, places in London that have got this kind of uh, space. Um, but of course, we, we knew that always that the keynote was going to have to be in one room, so we'd need to be able to fit everyone into that keynote room. So um, there isn't actually any real tangible difference between track A and track B, other than that the keynote uh, at the beginning and the end of each day will be in, in, the, in the room that can hold everyone. Um, what we were really interested in doing was trying to make sure that when we balanced out track A and track B, we didn't have um, talks that were obviously going to attract the same people. We were trying to find a balance where people wouldn't feel like they, they wanted to see both at the same time and felt um, hard done by, which of course is not a problem because they can go and watch it on YouTube later. Um, but really the, the difference between track A and track B is minimal. Track B is going to have almost as many seats in it as any of the other Angular conferences that you've seen. So even if you're speaking in track B, you're still going to be massively intimidated by the number of people that you're talking to. Uh, so uh, don't think that it's, a, it's an easy one out if you're in track B. Well, okay, so you, know, you and I are actually going head to head. I don't know if you realize this. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll, we'll have to place a friendly uh, wager here to see uh, who, who gets more people. Uh, I don't know how we'll be able to uh, count that, but uh, maybe a dollar, I'll, I'll bet you, uh, just to, you know, as a friendly, uh, competitive thing. So um, so we'll have to um, ask someone to count the people in the room, yeah? I can take pictures if you want. Yeah. No, there no, no. There will be no so gambling on this show. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, um, I'll I tell you what we'll do is, um, Jeff, halfway through our talks, we'll get up and swap rooms. So that everyone oh, gets to yeah, watch yeah. That is actually a good idea too. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> you can you, you have can to take a laptop with you into the other room. Ruth's going, no, stop saying that. You're going to really <laughs> mess up the whole conference. Um, I I have no doubt that um, it will be standing room only in your in your side of the uh, court, Jeff. And I'll have like um, tumbleweed rolling through <laughs> this monstrous room, which seats a thousand people. Ken, do you want me to break up the argument by telling you about the other cool rooms we've got? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Hey, we've got some other really cool rooms as well as track A and track B. Yeah, no, we um, part of the part of the kind of I don't know, like the ethos of the conference was we wanted it to be not about just kind of talks and everyone who comes just kind of sits and listens. We wanted it to be really interactive and we found this amazing venue um, in East London. So we've got this really big space and we've got lots of other rooms around the two main rooms. So we haven't publicised this very much at all, partly because we've been a little bit disorganised, but we're going to have two Ask Me Anything rooms. Overwhelmed, not just... Oh yeah, sorry. Um, just just saving the exciting stuff, not disorganized. Um, no, we're going to have two rooms where the speakers are going to be um, on stage after their talks, which are kind of smaller so that there's time for Q&A with the speakers. Um, we've got a third room, which will be a kind of 
open mic room so people who haven't had their talk accepted but have a kind of burning thing that they want to speak about can sign up on the day and jump up and, and people can join them and have discussions and um, we've got a games room that's being sponsored by Sky so there's going to be lots of kind of fun retro games in there um, and a chill out space with bean bags and coffee and that kind of thing so there's lots of I mean that, frankly you might neither of you have anyone in any of your talks because there's so much else going on as well. <laughs> Oh, I think I won't even go to the to the talk. <laughs> we'll watch them later on YouTube and just enjoy. Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but to be honest, if that is what everyone did, we would be really, really happy. I mean, not that happy for the speakers, but um, when we were organising this conference, it was really important, especially to Josh and Ed, that it was about bringing people together. It wasn't just a like a, a show that um, everyone just sat and watched for the, for two days. We really wanted to give people an opportunity to meet other people who were involved in Angular, to meet people um, who actually build Angular, so you can actually go and talk to the horse's mouth and, and get some uh, uh, get your idea across to them or find out something from them, but also to meet other people in the in the community who are using Angular. So the the, the whole name Angular Connect uh, was all always driving towards this concept of. Uh, of putting people in the same physical space because nowadays you know we have so many remote connections it's often difficult to create these um, these physical uh, connections with people and um, and I think that this room that Ruth was mentioning these Q&A rooms or ask me anything uh, rooms are going to be a really interesting experiment because what we wanted to do was what we found was that in big um, lecture rooms the Q&A's were always very painful because they would be it would be monopolized by a very small number of people who had lots of things to ask and then 90% of the room were not really very interested um, so what we're going to do is move that we've scheduled every speaker to appear in in one of these side rooms at some other point during the conference and they may be in a little panel with a couple of other speakers who are talking about something similar and these rooms can hold, I can't remember, maybe 100, 150, something like that. So they're very intimate. We'll probably have them set up in a sort of um, uh, uh, jazz bar style rather than a, an auditorium. And, um, and hopefully it will be semi-formal question and answer format, an opportunity to really get deeply into sort of a discussion about whatever the person was talking about. So I think that's a really interesting highlight of the conference that people may not be aware of right now. Wow, that was uh, that's super awesome. Good call on getting Ruth to help you with that. I, I imagine Ruth, with your experience in, in conferences, lots of these ideas kind of um, came naturally to you. Um, and I, I just think this is very very cool. Sounds like you have a very cool venue as well. Yeah, is it? Yeah, is that it nice? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the coolest thing about it is actually you can take a cable car to the venue from the other side of the river. That's my favorite thing. Ah, that was your top pick for the end. Oh yeah, sorry. Kept yeah. Your pick. Yeah. It's all right. I just won't have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, so, Olivia. Yeah. Is there a live stream during the conference for people who can't make it to the to Angola Connect? Yeah, both tracks will be live streamed, and then, in yeah, the videos will then be available about twenty minutes after the stream as well on YouTube. But they'll both be live streamed. That's oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I hope I hope that changes the standard for conferences all over the world, that uh, we get those videos up quickly. It's, it's really appreciated for people who can't make it. So Yeah, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of so, course, uh, even more importantly, we're going to be having these guys from this uh, podcast 
team who are going to be there. Uh, streaming video, I'm, I'm sure, with interviews of uh, many of the speakers. What are they called again? I've forgotten their name. No, I, Angular something. Hangouts on Air. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be great. And, and you have all been really accommodating for us, so we're looking forward to, to joining you. Um, so I wish that I were looking forward to joining you, but new baby, what do you do? So um, I, I wanted to actually talk a little bit more about the schedule. Um, we don't have to like, go in depth of like, who's speaking when and whatever, but uh, kind of um, yeah, generally, like, how many days is the conference? What are, what are you doing? Like, if I'm coming to the conference, what should I be expecting as far as the schedule goes? Okay, so um, on the Monday we're running some separate workshops. Um, they were really limited ticket numbers, so only about 120 people are doing those. Um, so those are at the same venue, although not in the same space. So if you're arriving on the Monday um, and you're not coming to a workshop, you can just do something fun in London. Um, and then the conference starts on the Tuesday morning um, and, and it runs all day and we've got two tracks running concurrently and then all the other stuff that we mentioned happening around that. And we've got some other good stuff happening as well. So um, we've got some mindfulness sessions that will be happening during the day. So if people want to kind of go and do some meditation, they can do that. That's something that Pete was really passionate about and set up. Um, and we've also got um, a charity coming called Delete Blood Cancer. Um, so they will be um, telling us about the work that they do and um, taking swabs from people who want to get involved during the day. So uh, lots of sessions, lots of stuff happening throughout the day, lots of really good food, hopefully, um, healthy stuff as well. Um, and that first night, which is a Tuesday night, we've got the party, which is going to be really fun. Um, and it's themed around the Back to the Future movie, um, the first one, which is the one set in the 50s at the school dance. I don't know if you can remember. And why is it themed like that, to be brief? Oh, because um, the second day of the conference is Back to the Future Day. So we just couldn't really resist. <laughs> um, so we've got a rock and roll band, and um, we've got um, we've been working with a local microbrewery from East London to produce some Angular ale. Um, and what else we've we got? We've got a hack that Microsoft are putting on. So if you don't want to kind of dance and drink, because not everyone does, you can do the hack. And we're going to screen the movie. Um, and there'll be some food and drink and things like that. Um, and then we reconvene the next day for the second day of the conference, which is again a two-track conference with the other side rooms. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. What have I missed, Pete? You have stickers. Okay. I love stickers. Oh, you should see the stickers. Um, <laughs> you know what? If, um, if Josh wasn't... Uh, a very successful IT director. He would be a fantastic graphic design artist. He's he's uh, he's done some really nice stickers, um, and I think I'm I'm okay to say that there there are going to be some ones themed with different cities around uh, Europe as well. Um, so they're going to be cool for the people who run meetups in those cities. Um, what else have we got? Oh, actually, um, that's that's worth talking about the meetup organisers. So one of the things that um, we also haven't completely finished organising yet, but will, is um, that is a good sticker. Um, is 
um, we're going to try and get all the people together um, with the Google team in the UK, the people from around Europe who organise meetups or would like to get involved in organising Angular meetups and drinks and things and try and kind of bring everyone together so that they can compare notes and share information. So we'll be doing a lunch on day two for people who are involved in Angular community stuff around Europe. Um, so that's another thing that's happening. Basically, yeah, uh, every time we think we've finished, we just add another thing. <laughs> yeah, about meetups. Um, on Monday evening, I think there is uh, Angular JS beers. I will post the link at the end that if you want to meet. That's that's an excellent thing to do. Yeah, um, kick off the kick off the conference with a bang. Hey, um, the other thing I was gonna say, uh, which now I've forgotten. Ah, never mind. It'll come back to me in a second. Cupcakes. <laughs> I think we might yeah, be getting some cupcakes. cupcakes. Josh is very keen. Oh no, Josh wasn't keen on cupcakes, but um, we're definitely going to get them. Um, uh, oh, there was this really cool thing I was going to say. I've forgotten now. Well, you can uh, save it for, uh, for your pick um, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, cool. So I, that like sounds like you have some really awesome things. Um, you know, coming up for this conference, that's that's awesome. Um, do you know if the Google uh, or the Angular team um, is going to be um, announcing anything really exciting at this conference? And, uh, like, obviously, you wouldn't want to steal their thunder or anything, but we always love to be the place where people hear things first. Um, so, <laughs> so, do you know whether or not there will be any announcements uh, from the Angular team? So, Ken, when have you been to an Angular conference and there hasn't been some awesome announcements that blow uh, your mind? You're not going to tell me that components are dead, are you? <laughs> I promise there are going to be no tombstones. Or, although, maybe if you go to um, the real keynote, which is um, Shy and Lucas, uh, I, this is going to probably, well, it may contain some tombstones, but it's definitely going to contain some laughs and uh, going to be a great way to wrap up the, the end of the first day. Um, I think they're, they're planning or they're working on Angular 3 right now, so yeah, that should be pretty pretty interesting announcement. They're totally nuts. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be interesting. If you look at the schedule, you can see that um, there's a lot of talks coming from people in Google. Yeah, There's a lot of really clever bits and pieces that are all parts of Angular 2. And I think you can expect some pretty uh, interesting announcements from almost every one of those. So it's going to be not to miss it, for sure. Oh, um, I can't say that, um, that the keynote will contain anything uh, amazing, but uh, that would because that might just uh, be giving away too much. Uh, this is a bit of a sideline, but is a fun anecdote. I ran a conference two weeks ago, and um, there wasn't a thrilling announcement, but one of the speakers proposed to his girlfriend at the end of his talk, and she was sitting in the middle of the front row, and he kind of jumped down with a ring, and the audience were all like, yeah. So um, there could be something like that. Uh, what did she say? No. No, she said yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the greatest fear when doing something like that is if, she doesn't say no. I, I was always told you, you don't ask the question until you know the answer. And that, that worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, jumping back to um, 
organizing and stuff. Uh, for people how they want to organize a conference or maybe who are already doing it, uh, how do you find sponsors? Maybe it was easier for you because it's kind of an official event, but maybe you have some tips for them. Um, I think probably this event was a little bit easier than other events that we've organized um, because it was so big. So once the word was out about the conference, we did have a lot of, quite a lot of people proactively approaching us, which is a really nice situation to be in. And we've got lots of really kind of supportive sponsors. Um, tips. Um, you can't normally sit back and let people be proactive. You have to kind of do the dreaded cold emailing and cold calling. Um, and I suppose um, kind of be as specific to the sponsor. So don't send off a load of really generic emails and expect to be, people to be excited. You have to you have to tell people why they should be there and why why it will be good for them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, we have this is a job, I guess. Developers. Sorry. It sounds like uh, recruiting developers. You don't want to just blast out to a million developers something that's not specific, but like. Being more specific and and like these are the benefits that your company specifically could have um, yeah. is better. I think so, and I think one of the most enjoyable ways of working with sponsors is when you work with sponsors who kind of don't want to take some off the shelf package. They've got some fun idea about something that they want to do that you can help them with. So. Um, definitely for our conferences, we try and say um, these are kind of the things you could do, but don't don't just do these. Work with us because we'll put in whatever amount of time that you need to make something more fun happen. Because it's you know they they get a better return on investment, so they they're happy, and the delegates have more fun, so they don't just feel like you know they're being kind of promoted to. So it's just better all round. Um, but yeah, we were we were pretty lucky with this one. But having said that, if there are some sponsors out there um, who want to sponsor Angular Connect, there are still a few slots left, so they can get in touch. Cool. I actually a uh, question about that. That's interesting you, that you say like it's not good to just have a package that um, sponsors uh, file into because most uh, like I, I've worked with an organization we had sponsors and and we just had like our levels and these are the things you get for these levels and things. Um, so. Like I, I kind of like the approach of saying, hey, what do you want, you know, for for this amount of money or whatever. Um, but the challenge with that is like maybe one sponsor will think of this great idea and and so you go and implement it and they're like, you know, a gold level. And then the plat platinum sponsor says, oh my goodness, I, I didn't realize that that was the thing that we could do. Like, why didn't you tell us that we could do that? Like, are you worried about having situations like that? It's, it's never come up. That's never happened, actually. I think some, you know, you are careful about the, for example, the number of tickets that you give to sponsors, and that's done on a kind of level basis, and the size of their logo and the number of tweets they might get. So there are things that you do fairly, depending on the level that they're at. Um, but we would, and and some sponsors don't have the time to put a load of creative thought into each conference that they do. So they do just want something off the shelf and that's totally fine. But then if some sponsors say, um, we don't need that part of our package because it's not that bit's not important to us, but we can think of something cool that we could do over here. Basically, if it's a benefit to the attendees, we'll pretty much do it. And, and we've never had a sponsor so far say, um, why didn't we get to do that? 
I mean, it might happen, but not so far. The golden rule is that you never accept to have the sponsor's logo tattooed on any part of your body for any amount of money. No, okay. I've Just if anyone's that wondering, way. that's that's a golden rule. You don't do that, okay? Nice. Even if the guys at NG Comp do that, you don't do that. Okay? <laughs> so I had a couple questions about uh, talks. I mean, we talked a little bit earlier about the selection process and everything like that, but just for... Uh, you know, typically with conferences, they try to have a certain feel for the talks, like the, they have a certain theme or anything like that. So, w with the talks that you guys selected, was it um, something that you want were looking for more things that were unique and like that other people weren't thinking about, or um, you know, what, is there any type of theme there? I don't think we could be entirely scientific about it. Um, as we said before, we wanted to get a broad range of, of talks and we wanted to ensure that there was plenty of stuff from the, uh, from, like, the real world scenarios. Um, but in terms of like, individual talks, um, I have to say that the ones that wrote up a good summary um, really made a difference because if you kind of got a f good feeling about the talk from, from reading what they were saying, um, that went a long way. Um, Lots of people tried to make it funny, uh, which was also an interesting tactic because at least it, you know, there's this thing where, you know, you get 500 CVs for a job and there's no way you can read them all so you just kind of take the top 100 or something. That's not what we did, but there is an element of that. Like if, if when we're scanning through, scan through these like hundreds of, uh, of CFPs, if something catches your eye, then you're more likely to stop and read it properly. So if I were putting in a, a, a submission for a paper, I would definitely be trying to catch the person's attention straight away and then provide it with some really solid, solid uh, information about what my talk would be about. That's good advice. And um, I'm curious, you know, besides people on this call, obviously, uh, you know, what are some of the talks that you, you, you two are excited to go see um, in this lineup? Uh, I've heard a lot about the, um, the, what's it called, the real Angular keynote talk, so I'm kind of excited to see that one. Um, but also, I suppose, as a non-technical person organizing the conference, and I've been kind of talking over email to all of these speakers for months and months and months now, so actually I'm just just really excited to meet them and see them in person and not just watch them on videos of previous talks. But um, yeah, I might be running around like a bit of a headless chicken like, like we say in the UK. But Pete, you might have more of a chance to see some talks. Yeah, I'm very much not going to be doing anything on, on during the conference. I'm just going to be sitting back and drinking martinis while uh, chatting with people. Now, um, there is, there's one of the things that I think is really interesting is we've got quite a nice handful of, uh, of non-technical talks and, and those are the things that actually interest me more than anything, to be honest. Um, uh, I often find that I get more wow moments when I watch these talks where they're not just telling me about you know, the next library that's coming or, or the next cool piece of technology. I really like talks where they, where they try and give you just one cool thing to take away and you're like, now I'm going to go away and do something important with that. Um, so that's the sort of thing I'm looking for. Um, 
I'm quite looking forward to Joe Eames' talk. I think that that would be really useful. Um, how to I forgot that, how to empathise. I think it is. Uh, I haven't I haven't got a strong idea whether Joe is a good empathiser or not, but uh, maybe he's working on it. Um, and uh, and I think um, obviously there's a one really important talk which everyone has to go to, um, and it's called. Uh, something about Angular 1.5 and it's being hosted by this guy Pete and this other guy called Lucas so I would I would be definitely aiming to go for that one um, even if it just means not going to Jeff's talk just to <laughs> rub his nose the wrong right. way <laughs> and just um, but I'll definitely do that that was awesome <laughs> nice. um, hey, before we get to we, we have uh, two more questions that I think our panelists really wanted to ask, um, but before we get to those, just a shout out to our viewers. Uh, we don't have any questions on Twitter, so if you ask hashtag ngairquestion on Twitter, um, you are very likely to get your question answered. Um, so fire away with these last two questions and we'll wrap up with some picks and tips. Yep, so I'm going to start. Um, mine is not so much a question, but more a statement and a thank you to you all organizers. Um, I wanted to tell you, if maybe you were not aware, but these events and these conferences can change your life. And I'm going to tell a story about myself here, so maybe you want to skip to the end of it. But um, <laughs> last year at uh, NG Europe, uh, I met some incredible people uh, that I'm, I'm not proud to call my friends. And uh, this would be, for example, Pascal um, and uh, Carmen. Um, I met amazing developers, uh, the Google team. I met um, uh, Martin Gonto, John Lindquist, um, Votia, Roderick, and so many more. And uh, a few weeks later, I was invited in Amsterdam to do a talk by Carmen. And from this, I met Kent, and then we, we went to do Angular Air together. And now I'm really excited to come to Angular Connect, because I know that I will benefit from it, not just on the te technical level, but on the human level as well. And maybe even more on the human level, to be, <laughs> to be honest. So I wanted to thank you to organize this kind of things in Europe, because a lot of them happen in the US, but we cannot all come to to there, and and thank you for for doing that. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And uh, and I think it's probably true for a number of people actually. Um, you know, these these opportunities to meet uh, the people who are maybe uh, more central to the project gives everyone an opportunity to expand their horizons and and, uh, and join together and work more more effectively. So uh, I think it's it's as beneficial for Angular that you are part of this, Olivier, that, um, as it is for you. So let's bring it on, get some more people involved. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Olivier. That was great. Um, and, and totally plus one. I, I think conferences are a lot more about um, people coming together than they are about the talks. The talks, you record them put them up on YouTube. Most of the views come from YouTube, ultimately, anyway. Um, what, like the, the reason that I pay to go to a conference isn't for the talks. I can get those on YouTube, and that's great. And, and conferences should do that. It's, it's all about meeting people, asking questions, getting to know people. So I, I think that it's really awesome 
um, what you have done to facilitate that kind of thing for this conference coming up. Um, and I hope other conferences follow your, uh, your lead there. So if we have uh, time here, I uh, just had one last question, Pete, for you that uh, I was just really curious about. It doesn't really have as much to do with Angular Connect, but more, uh, you know, with your current focus now with Angular, you know, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you are focused primarily on the Angular 1.x branch and uh, helping people, you know, trying to migrate to Angular 2 as well as kind of support their existing apps. So I'm interested in, like, how does it feel to be in charge of this product that's, like, so popular right now, so heavily used, but at the same time you're, like, Trying, you're going to be trying to get people off of it to something else. It's kind of a weird uh, situation, right? Like you're not trying to build for the future as much as build to uh, facilitate this sort of migration. Uh, so I was curious what what you mindset is and kind of some of your thoughts are about that. Oh, so. I'm so looking forward to having more people in my room than you. <laughs> oh, this is a, such a difficult question. Um, I'm so excited to be part of Angular. It, you know, Olivier talks about game changing, and Angular has totally changed uh, my career. Um, it's it's provided me so many opportunities to meet incredibly uh, talented and and wonderfully kind people um, that I've never ever would have uh, met otherwise. And um, to be running a dead-end project like Angular 1, which is used by how many hundreds of thousands of projects in the world? I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, it's so exciting. And, um, and every day I get up and I'm excited to work on it. And it's never, ever felt like, um, that, like it's not a worthwhile thing to do. So you know, just look at the number of people coming to Angular Connect. It's amazing. You know, when we started this, it it was terrifying. You know, we started selling the tickets and we sold a few hundred, and then it kind of went a bit quiet for a while. And I was like, oh, you know, what's going to happen? But it totally sold out, and then some. And we've got a waiting list. And people are really into Angular. And as amazing as Angular 2 is going to be, and I assure you, it's going to be another amazing step forward. Angular 1 was the thing that really kicked it all off, and it's still an amazing tool to use as far as I'm concerned. Um, and who, um, how could I not want to be part of that project? It's fantastic. So that's where I'm standing. Um, uh, as we go forward, as people decide to move to Angular 2, then, then we'll move on. You know, it's a bit like children grow up and leave home. You know, you don't, well, maybe some people sit around at home saying, I don't want my child to leave home. I want them to stay at home forever. But at some point, you want them to grow up and move on, and then you can go and play with your grandchildren when they come along. So that's kind of how I see this. That's cool. Yeah, I, well, I just wanted to uh, say thanks for all of your effort. I think you do an awesome job. I really enjoyed the talk that you gave at Angular U, kind of giving some of the insights into how you kind of manage uh, the community with a lot of the Angular 1 uh, .x issues and stuff like that. So uh, I, I definitely recommend that people do see Pete's talk. I know that you'd want to see mine, but I, I, I highly recommend it because uh, uh, he's an awesome Well, guy. I'll tell you what, 20 minutes after my talk, I'm going to be online watching your talk, without a doubt. Um, 
whoever comes on after us. Um, but I do want to emphasize actually this this word community is just keeps coming back and back with Angular. You know, it's all about the community. You know, it, without the community, Angular would not be anywhere near what it is. You look at the infrastructure that's in place, the fact that we can have these big conferences, you know, it's all down to the people outside of the Angular team that just are so passionate about it. So it's the people out there that that are really amazing that make it all happen. Yeah, like anyway. Yeah, anyway, when it, it's tough to get old, you can just give it to Brian Ford and he will do everything anyway. <laughs> no, I think Brian is, is hoping to hand it over to me, actually. <laughs> no, no, we all know that Brian is doing everything in Angular. He's, he's the one <laughs> cutting on our project, so, yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Brian has like if he had more fingers, they, he would have them all in every single pie. He's he's a crucial member of every part of Angular. He's been around for a while. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you, uh, everybody. I'm gonna double check the engineer question hashtag. Looks like we don't have any, so we'll run into picks and then I'll double check it before we wrap everything up. So let's go ahead. I'll I'll leave the guests to be last. Um, and let's go with Olivier. Can you give us your tips and picks, please? Yes, uh, the first one is uh, an article that uh, Jorgen van Demor just linked us this afternoon about um, I know my engineers want to code at night um, and it's interesting about um, how companies can let people code on open source projects uh, outside of their work. Um, I find it interesting so I'll give you the link at the end. Uh, and my second thing uh, was let me check it out. Yeah, AngularJS builds. I talked about it earlier. Uh, there will be an event on Monday just before the conference. So if you're in London, uh, you can meet people just before every, everybody else. Um, I try to come, but I'm not sure if I will be, will be able. And the last uh, event. Yeah, I think. Um, the last pick is uh, QWERTY, which is uh, the website where I buy all my cool t-shirts that you can see on the show. Um, I bought this one uh, just for Angular Connect, and it's about uh, <laughs> yeah uh, for the party. Uh, <laughs> I hope to wear it. Maybe I will be a bit cold uh, with just a t-shirt, but we'll see if the if the vibe is <laughs> hot enough. Uh, it will be okay. It will be alright. Yeah. And for the people just listening, he just held up a shirt uh, that was a Back to the Future shirt. Yeah. It looks pretty sweet, so you should probably check out the video. Cool. Uh, Jeff, what do you have for us? I have uh, one tip and one pick. Uh, so the tip is uh, I encourage everyone to participate in your local meetup groups, like giving talks, giving whether it's a lightning talk or something else. This next month for the Boston Angular meetup, we're trying to get lightning talks. And I at first had a really tough time getting people and kind of circled back to everybody and asking questions of people I knew that had ideas and that type of thing but weren't submitting. And I think there's just a lot of hesitancy with people because they think it has to be like a perfect or like amazing subject or that type of thing. And they don't realize that a lot of the stuff they're working on, even though it may seem normal to them, it actually helps other people. So no matter whether it's something simple or something complex or something in between, uh, you know, you should try to make efforts to help out the community and uh, part of that is doing uh, local meetup talks, and uh, so I highly encourage people to do that. And the other thing, uh, I have a pick for these great uh, set of articles 
called The AI Revolution, The Road to Superintelligence um, by uh, waitbutwhy.com. It was uh, really interesting talking about the sort of exponential growth of AI and technology, really, that if you look back in the past, it's very hard for us to think about how quickly things are going to advance moving forward. Um, but if you start to break down kind of how over time things are keep on advancing faster and faster, uh, at some point it's going to like take this huge like growth like straight up that's going to uh, be crazy and change the world. Uh, so uh, I, I highly encourage you kind of um, reading that. It has a lot of uh, interesting ideas and uh, a lot of scientific stuff about uh, you know what may happen, what some potentials of what will happen in the future, especially if you like like science fiction, that type of thing. Um, it's really interesting. Cool, thanks. Um, so for me, and then I'll let the guests go. Um, my tips, I have two. First is write tests. They will um, save you from bugs reappearing, um, and yeah, they just make you feel so much more comfortable, especially when you're moving toward continuous delivery, which uh, is a really great thing to do. Um, yeah, write tests, both the unit and end-to-end. -end. You can't have one or the other. Um, and if you can only have one, uh, do end-to-end. -end. You'll get a bigger bang for your buck. Um, so yeah, write tests. My second is contribute to the community, and that means more than just contributing uh, code. You don't have, like, you can, Make blog posts. You can do tutorials. You can do video screencasts. You can do um, you know you can write a library. You can write documentation. There are so many ways to contribute contribute to the community. So do that. Um, and then finally, for my pick, uh, this is definitely a self pick. Um, I've had some people approach me and ask like with the work that I do in, in the community around um, this Angular error and Angular formally and different things. Um, People have asked if they can contribute financially, um, and I totally appreciate that because all this stuff is my spare time um, because I love the community. And um, So anyway, I set up a Patreon account, um, and you can contribute to me there, and I'll, I'll give you a high five and say thank you out loud wherever I am and that kind of stuff. So um, it should be, um, yeah, it should be good, and I appreciate it. So um, yeah, it's patreon.com slash dots. So great. Um, Pete. Why don't we have you go next? I was just listening to all these picks and tips, and I totally agree with all of them. And I just kept thinking, oh, I would have said that. You know, I love Wait But Why. I think it's one of the best websites out there. And interestingly, Wait But Why have got a Patreon um, account, and so you can send Wait But Why money via Patreon now if you don't, or if you, in addition to Kent, obviously. Um, so those are two really good uh, complementary things going on there. Um, I wanted to reiterate what Ruth said earlier, um, well not reiterate, but um, emphasize again, that October the 21st is Back to the Future Day. And now what this means, in case you don't realize, is that in the second film, Marty McFly goes forward in time from 1985 to October the 21st, 2015. So you have to keep your eye out just in case you see a Marty McFly with a flying DeLorean uh, and all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, I suspect you might well see some of that on that evening, and uh, you may even see some Angular Connect. Um, so that's a really good thing to do, and if you want to get some background, go and watch the films. Uh, Back to the Future 1, 2, but I wouldn't bother watching 3, okay, because it's probably not, I don't think it's that good. Um, 
And my tip for the future or for everyone's greater happiness is spend more time with your kids and your family. Right? N no one lies on their deathbed saying, I wish I hadn't spent so much time with my kids. Yeah? It's a really important part of your life. And however much you love your job and you love your work, the kids and your family are really important. So always make time for them. Plus one. Huge plus one to that. It's very valuable. Thank you very much, Pete. Ruth. Um, I'm going to give you some London food-related tips because that's what I really care about. <laughs> so if you're coming to London for Angular Connect, um, we've got an amazing restaurant scene, but also we've got really kind of diverse cosmopolitan food scene. So there are lots of different communities of food um, and, well, communities who have food. And uh, East London, which is where we're running the conference, um, there's a big Turkish community, so amazing Turkish food in East London, um, really cheap, really delicious. Um, and also in East London, a lot of really good Vietnamese food. So my tip in London is... Uh, don't go to Pizza Hut, seek out some of the really interesting kind of ethnic cuisine in London because it's fantastic and it's probably also the cheapest way to eat in London. Um, but also, if I could just say thank you very much for having us on because it's been really fun. Thank you for coming yeah, on. Totally. I, I, I hope that uh, we have some people uh, watching or listening who are inspired to start their own conferences or meetups uh, or events in general, whether or not it's related to Angular front-end or anything. Um, that it's kind of the hope. The, the more events that we have, uh, the better, I think. Uh, you know, Making it difficult to choose which event to go to is, is a good thing. Um, so I, I think you've given some really good tips uh, to potential organizers. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about organizing something, um, do it. It's awesome. Uh, we appreciate yeah. And take Ruth to help you. <laughs> yeah, and also, um, I'm a little bit busy for about the next three weeks, but if you wanted to drop me an email and if you had any questions and I could help, I would be really happy to. Um, but you might not get a non-Angular Connect reply for about three weeks. Awesome. Okay, um, great. Let me oh, just... Ken, can I just yeah. make one more, one more slightly uh, useful tip? When you're at Angular Connect, make a point of going up and talking to people that you think are interesting. Yeah, don't think, oh, I can't go and talk to that person because, you know, they are Igor or they are Brad or whatever. You know, go and talk to them, you know, have a chat, get to know them. They're the loveliest people. And um, uh, There's not one speaker who's coming who wouldn't be delighted for someone to come up and say, I really liked your talk and I'd like to find out more about it. Yeah. So don't be afraid to make a make connection with people while you're there. Yeah, that's great. That's why I like to go to conferences. That's why I propose talks, so I can go for free, because I can't afford to go to as many conferences as I like to. And I like to go to conferences because I like to talk to people. So, great. Um, yeah, um, yeah. If, if you're in London, the 21, it's uh, Todd's birthday. So maybe if you can see him somewhere in London, you can... Who, who is that? Who I don't know who yeah. that is. Yeah, it was and, before you, before uh, your time. Yeah, I've never heard of that guy before. <laughs> nice, um, awesome. Okay, so I'll just wrap us up. Um, we have reached and surpassed our time, which is great. Um, so, um, yeah, just some general announcements again. Next week's show is definitely happening. We just don't have it on the website. We don't have it um, totally planned yet, um, and so. Yeah, but I'm pretty confident that it's going to be amazing. Um, 
And so tune in. And follow us on Google and, uh, Plus and Twitter to keep up to date with what we are doing uh, for our future shows. And, um, oh, yeah, one other thing that I want to I wanna start asking our guests and panelists, um, well, probably just our guests, because we hear enough from our panelists um, and, and from myself. But uh, from our guests, if, there's, uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you and uh, ask you a question or whatever, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Ruth, why don't you go first? Um, I'm on Twitter. It's just at Ruth Yarnit, um, Y-A-R-N-I-T. That's probably the best way. Although I seem to only send a tweet about once a quarter, but um, I will answer any questions. Um, I'd like to say Twitter, but do you know what? I, I recently went on there and I saw loads of people asking me questions that I hadn't got, like I hadn't even realised were asking questions. So I'm a bit worried that maybe I'm offending lots of people by not responding to them. So don't bother trying to get me on Twitter because, uh, well, until I get my act together, you know, I, I might not reply. So just email me directly. It's Pete at baconDarwin.com. It's really simple, and uh, I I will promise I'll reply. Yeah, you can email me too. It's Ruth at WhiteOctoberEvents.co.uk. But um, as I say, I might not reply for about three weeks. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you having having you on the show. Um, and I, I think that uh, people will really enjoy this episode. So thank you, and we'll see everybody next week. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. See you. Thank you.